Howdy, 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 everyone. Welcome back to a wonderful another episode of Texas, the show about some things Texas and some things not. We've got an incredible interview with the legendary, the beautiful, the tall, the meatless, the gritty Robbie Ballinger coming up for you. Tito's and Shiner, gonna be an all-nighter. Just might find her at the Whataburger line. Dance halls and women. But man, I'm wishing that I was fishing by the river tonight in Texas. But first, as always, before we go any further, your favorite segment and ours. Our not sponsored. Not sponsors. No money. Zero cred. Like literally zero. Like nothing. Help. No, like we it help doesn't them. matter how good we do. It's a toxic They're relationship. They're not going to give us anything. We give them, they give nothing. They give nothing. Want to know who our first not sponsor is? Who's our first not sponsor? Our first not sponsor of today's episode of Texas is Lone Star. Lone Star. Lone Star. It's like polluted Topo Chico. Lone Star. It's like if sewer water went through a vat of yeast. Lone Star. Different flavors like a can of White Claw, but it's actually beer. Lone Star. It's what your stepdad drinks. <laughs> Lone Star. It's basically water. Lone Star. Lone Star. Co Wetzel's water. Lone Star. I've got more, but I feel like we should do it right there. <laughs> I thought of that in the bathroom. I was nice. like, wait, what if wait, what I was if? like, hmm, uh, uh, I don't know if I can top it. We'll try. Who's okay, our other on. not sponsor? Our other not sponsor is Odessa, Texas. Odessa, Odessa Texas. Texas. It's the stripper capital of West Texas, making it the worst place to go to a strip club. Odessa, Odessa Texas. Odessa, more like Odessa. Odessa, Texas. Do you want to do meth while also doing heroin while also being arrested while also drunk while also being the coach of a high school football team odessa texas legitimately one time i heard a stat that more people hook up in the dressing rooms at sears versus actually trying on clothes at the odessa mall odessa texas the dirtiest place in west texas the highway between odessa and pecos is called death highway odessa texas midlands armpit where happiness goes to die <laughs> where happiness never existed. <laughs> Except for in 1986 and 1989 when they won the state championship. Go Mojo. Go Mojo. Odessa, Odessa Texas. Texas. You just jealous because you from Midland, right? <laughs> Who paying you? <laughs> but you from uh, Midland, right? Who paying you? But for real, but for real, f*** Odessa. <laughs> Please bleep the f***. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys, um, Thanks guys. For the bleep. Sorry. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. Okay. Um, now that the shenanigans is out of the way, no more shenanigans. We have a mostly serious interview with ultra athlete, plant based athlete. I mean, again, just all around incredible, all around incredible guy. Human. And you're you're gonna know that from moment one. And what's great about talking to Robbie is it's not just to talk about running; it's to talk about opening restaurants, about the things you learn from things like running, about doing hard mm -hmm. things. And I don't know. I just hope people get a taste 
for how incredible of a guy he is through this interview. I hope so, so too. It was wonderful to meet him and I can't wait to hang out with him outside of uh, a professional environment because yeah, he's just such a cool guy. I can't wait for the mics to be turned off so we can talk <laughs> more about said sponsor. You'll get that reference here in about 20 minutes. Without further ado, Robbie Ballinger. Uh, All right. <laughs> sound of cheers, cheers everybody. Cheers. Welcome there to the go. interview portion of the Texas podcast where... Selfishly, I'm the most excited I've ever been, <laughs> um, but we are very fortunate and lucky that the legendary, amazing, all around, just amazing dude, kind person, Robbie Ballinger has sat down at the Texas podcast. Robbie, welcome, man. Thank you, guys. I'm stoked to be here. Dude, so good to have you. So yeah. stoked to have you. And for anyone that's about to be like, are they talking to a runner again? I mean, yes, <laughs> yes. but there's... So much more to talk about down to, I let you into the studio a yeah. few minutes ago and you're immediately like, I've spent so much time in this building. This building. So, yeah, yeah. A lot. Like, yeah. so you, you lived in Texas before Colorado. You, yeah. You've done some stuff in Austin. What specifically, how did you know this building? Cause no one knows what this building is. Yeah. And it's been, it, there's, this is like third rendition I've mm-hmm. seen. So I moved here in 07, was here 07 to 2017. Okay. And quickly befriended a guy, Dean Frederick, and okay. he was a jewelry designer. And this was his studio was in this building. Okay. We threw parties here. (laughs) Many, many parties. Yeah. To the point that we finally, there used to be like a crack house behind this building. Nice. And we rented it out and we gutted it and put a bar in it. We used to throw late night parties. Did you rent it from the crackheads or was that kind of like? Uh, No, no. You did hire (laughs) them. We had to get them out. Yeah. Yeah. And then then we cleaned it up a little bit, (laughs) but not too much. Yeah. You got a little uh, little dirty. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it had some grime to it for sure. (laughs) Yeah. We put a big deck on the back and we had a stage. That's and awesome. we started just throwing like late night parties mm-hmm. and then we started throwing parties for hire. Yeah. Like okay. doing a lot of after parties for ACL for fun, fun, fun back in the day. Back in the day big, before. Which yeah. is a, such a fun festival. Yeah. Such a cool festival, I remember yeah. seeing Sword. That was like yeah. my first metal concert experience yeah. at Fun Fun Fest was totally. Sword. Oh. I, Austin needs Fun 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 Fest. It like, really it, does. It really needs. It should yeah. come back. It, I think it should. <laughs> yeah. it, it's wasted on Houston. <laughs> yeah. on Everything is wasted on Houston, including the Astros. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Um, and so what, what brought you to Austin in 2007? Um, it was like post early twenties wanderlust. Mm-hmm. I uh, grew up in Georgia, but my mom's family was kind of Dallas area. And then they, my aunt had moved here. Okay. And I was coming back from living in the Virgin Islands. And this was like a, made a logical sense of a place to land. Yeah. I thought I was going to stay like six months a year. Okay. But like, what a great place to celebrate your twenties. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. And I, absolutely. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> Cheers to that. Yeah. 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 I had a really good time. Yeah. It was definitely not a runner at that point. Yeah. And uh, it was more just partying. I mm-hmm. rode like fixed gear bikes around town. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Heck yeah. So I, I love Austin. It's still like. So much of my heart's here. Mm-hmm. If there were big mountains here, we wouldn't have left. Yeah. Know? And every time sure. my wife and I come back, we're like, shit, should we move back? <laughs> just just a half year house yeah, or something. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But her her parents live here. Okay. So we have a home here pretty much. Yeah. Can hang that's out awesome, man. And I met I met your wife yesterday. Yeah. Lovely. Just yeah, the she's kindest incredible. people. Yeah. I got home and said I actually it was kind of embarrassing because I was at flat track working yeah. and coffee was doing its job. So I went to the bathroom <laughs> and and did a thing. And then I opened the door and literally bump into you yeah we like chest bump, and we right? yeah and we say hi and then i'm like oh no he's about to go in there <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and he's gonna know that it was me yeah no um, you were good uh, you, didn't, you didn't leave any traces oh thank you <laughs> oh, cool. but got, I, I got home to my wife and was like 
met Robbie as met saw Robbie met his wife the nicest people yeah, yeah. so kind well, she's amazing yeah yeah I can't take too much credit but she's, yeah. she's amazing running a small business is incredibly hard when you have no idea how to market it or brand it clearly small business owners small business operators across the country work so hard to make products and services that they are proud of but almost always hit a plateau in growth that's why creators collective is here to help for years we have helped businesses triple quadruple even five times their revenue by creating branding and marketing content that clarifies your brand and drives sales so if you are at a bottleneck or at a plateau trying to grow your small business, even stay in business. Make sure to visit creatorscollective.us right now. Schedule a call so we can find out what services you need, how we can work with you, and make sure that we can boost your bottom line so that you can grow as a business. And so were, were you already involved in like the restaurant bar space when you moved here? Did that sort of just come about over time? Yeah, no, I, I think I was 16. I started working at a country club in my okay. hometown and then found when I got like flunked out of college was just like fucking off. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't doing, I was doing the party part of college. But yeah. The school part. You were getting and, an uh, A in some areas. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so I realized I can travel by working in the industry. It's like a great way. Yeah. So I initially moved up to Alaska, did like a long summer up there. Okay. And then met friends up there who lived in the Virgin Islands. And so I was like, oh, that sounds like a good place. So I went down there again, thought I was going to stay two months and ended up or six months and stayed like two and a half years. Wow. And then when that was over, you know, got Island fever, a little small yeah. Island in the Caribbean, <laughs> came here. That's awesome. Yeah. And were you doing like bar backing or bartending? I or? was uh, like front of the house, like server and okay. then bartender as well. And then when I got here, it was a lot behind the bar for a long time. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Wine bar downtown that's no longer around called Mulberry. Okay. I remember Mulberry. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was I, a fun scene. It was a cool scene. I was yeah. here from, uh, let's see, college 2010 to 2014. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 So that, I, those were good days fun. around. Those are good days. I, I think I remember the stage as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 Because <laughs> yeah. that was back when you walked through the east side and uh, there, there's like that stopping point where you hit the grackle and it's like there was nothing there. Yeah. 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 yeah it was like grackle and white horse. Yeah. Yeah. About mind boggling. Mind blowing. Yeah. You're just yeah. like, what is going on here? Different scene. But yeah. Yeah. Sure. Like it's safe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I remember the first time going to Liberty, right? Right. Yeah. That's and, like, crazy. We were walking back and there was a guy, like an old East Side guy, mm -hmm. and he was standing out. There was just a crowd of like hipsters coming. <laughs> he puts his hands up and he goes, Look at all these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, we were like, Oh man. Like, and yeah, and now look at it. It's crazy. There's yeah, like it's, foods around the corner. I, on, like, and a target on top of yeah, it. Right. Freaking yeah. crazy. It's and insane. when you were here, did you see that coming at all? Or when y'all had that bar over here, were y'all like, I mean, we're you be knew it was kind of happening, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was like 2015, 16. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden it was just like, whoa yeah what yeah. just happened mm -hmm. and since it's just more and more yeah and i think i see it more now because i don't live here right it's you like you know it's like a lobster in a pot if you're yeah. here i think you probably don't feel it like mm -hmm. when you come back every yeah. four to six months and then you're like geez like where'd that come from yeah yeah do you do you think we're gonna be into running and stuff but <laughs> do you think that the change especially on the east side but throughout austin is good bad neutral it's inevitable Evi yeah. yeah you know like white <laughs> Why are we going to bitch about it? Yeah. It just it like is, growth right. happens. And mm -hmm. like, I hate that a lot of people have been displaced here, yeah, but it yeah. was always like, it's, it's central and that's, what's going to happen when things yeah. go out. So mm -hmm. it's just different. I mean, I loved the side in 2008, <laughs> nine, you know, yeah. now it's, yeah, it's great. It's still good. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like Dallas a little bit, but it's, it's cool. Changed <laughs> cool. For yeah. Sure. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, but Scott. Austin is still, 
the coolest town in America. Like, yeah. you, no matter how much I can get mm -hmm. bitter, which I do internally sometimes mm -hmm. about the growth. <laughs> that's all of us. Yeah. But you're like, you go anywhere else. You're like, this still, it's still Austin. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely. awesome. What, what are like your three favorite things about Austin? Um, it has such a strong identity. Mm -hmm. Austin knows what it is. Yeah. And like, especially establishments. Like again, I was in the restaurant bar scene for so long and I feel like everybody here does something creative. It's usually of pretty high quality mm -hmm. and you don't really find that everywhere. Like yeah. I, I lived in Denver for four years after here and Denver doesn't know what the fuck it is. Like mm -hmm. it, it's, can we just like, talk about how much Denver sucks really quick? <laughs> so, you know, Gunner's a badass in his own right. Yeah, Ran led the 100. Not we, at uh, all. we stay, we stayed in Denver for a couple days yeah. and we both hated it <laughs> from yeah. like from literally from moment, from one. the jump. Yeah. The, the we were first, like, this is the worst town. Yeah. I mean, like luckily my friend, you know, Rob Barlow, he did Nolan's, uh, yes. The name rings a bell. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. Did, he did Nolan's this past summer. Okay. No one through a mutual friend. He let us stay at his place. Mm hmm. But we get there and we're like, there's nowhere to eat around here. Yeah. Where's because when you get to Austin, it's like throw stone. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, everywhere. Yeah. You're gonna hit a good meal. We're like, you can't find anywhere to eat. The next morning, it took three different Googles to get to a coffee oh shop God, to yeah. work. And the coffee shop we got to was a roastery with mm -hmm. two tables. <laughs> yeah. So it was super loud. Super loud, not conducive to work at all. Just everything about it, we were like, we need to get to Leadville right, right. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we packed up and left like that day. Yeah. We did. No, we, yeah. Like we were like, we're leaving now. This yeah. place, it's there's a reason the airport sucks. It's because the town sucks. Oh, God, it was weird. Anyway, uh, it's our yeah. Denver rant. It's, it's kind of bland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the nicest thing anybody could say about Denver. Yeah, yeah Denver is yeah. like if East Austin, like the gentrified part of East Austin, farted out a stepchild. <laughs> I, I wish that's what it was like. <laughs> like that's oh, kind of what it was like. <laughs> Just I, I feel like Denver is Dallas after 10 years of meth. Like I, that, that's a good, so it degraded a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. D You're Denver's like the Coles cash yeah. of cities. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's how I'd put it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway it has its own identity. It has its own identity. <laughs> yeah. What are the other two things? Really strong identity. Uh, Barton Springs. Oh, best. you know, like, topless side a, or not topless side. I think both are great. Right, you know? cool. yeah. yeah. Uh, like, if it's going to be this fucking hot, mm -hmm. like if it, it, it's the only like reprieve mm -hmm. from that. So yeah, that's really important. And the food scene. I mean, yeah. it's just such a good food scene. Mm -hmm. I was a, you know, I really yeah. was a big part of it when I was here and mm -hmm. I feel, still feel very connected to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I love it. Like there's Heck such yeah. good food. There's so much talent. I have so many friends here. that are so talented mm -hmm. in, the, in that space. What Heck was it yeah. like getting something started in that time frame? Because I remember that time frame, and yeah. that was when a lot of things were popping off. Yeah. You had like the Perlas and the, in the Elizabeth streets popping up. You had a couple mom and pops. That was when like key was getting started. Yeah. Like those totally. things. So what was it like whenever you got your hands dirty in that industry? Well, starting off, you know, I was just behind a bar, yeah. The place is already established and it was just fun. I was just, you know, coasting along, enjoying yeah. it, making good money. And then uh, Bufalina Pizza, they just mm -hmm. reopened their yeah. second original location here on the East Second Chicago. original. Yeah. Second and original. so I was with that from the beginning. I yeah. you know, oversaw operations, was part owner uh, eventually. And it was hell getting it open. Yeah. Like, like just the, the, the permitting process. It's yeah. just so laborious here and so antiquated, mm -hmm. especially for the amount of growth. Like they should get mm -hmm. this shit together. Yeah. And from what I understand, they still haven't, you know? Right. So okay. that was very challenging. But it was also, it's, it's just like Austin, I think what's, it's like the inverse of Denver in that Denver, everybody leaves that town and mm -hmm. goes to the mountains every mm -hmm. weekend. Yeah. Where the, Austin, there ain't shit around here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So everybody just, they focus Locks. in. Yeah. So everybody like wants to be a part of what, what's happening. It creates like, there's a crowd like there's yeah. there's an audience for whatever mm -hmm. you want to create yeah. so like that's really nice it's conducive to making allowing people to be creative and yeah cool shit mm -hmm. absolutely yeah 
Heck yeah. And what, what, how did you get looped into the Bufalina group, like getting into yeah. the operations and getting into the ownership? Cause that's one of, and arguably the best pizza. Absolutely. In it's Austin. Absolutely, yeah. It, yeah. It, and, it's definitely yeah. a contender. Yeah. 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 And it, it, so how I got in, uh, when I was running or working at this wine bar downtown, I had a regular there <clears throat> and I actually moved to California for like eight months. Mm-hmm. I went out there to grow weed. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't smoke it at all though, right? <laughs> None. No. Zero. Yeah. Just a, <laughs> just agrarian. Yep. Absolutely. Just really into <laughs> and, uh, horticulture. I was, we had like a going away party for me at the place. And this mm-hmm. regular was like, man, I really hate to see you go. And I was like, I hate to leave, you know, yeah. but maybe I'll see you around. He's like, no, I was actually just about to see if you would help us open this pizzeria. I'm an investant. One of my really good friends wants to open it. He's never been in the industry, but he's very knowledgeable about food and wine. Okay. And it was one of those things where I was like, yeah, thanks, but I'm out. Yeah. And the California thing, it was a bunch of like trustafari and like, oh, <laughs> and I was like, that's eh, fucking stupid. Yeah. And so I decided to come back, reconnected with them. And I remember, like, if you think about the progression of Austin or the East Side, I was sitting on, on like the edge of a pot plant. They were in like big pots. Mm-hmm. And I got on the phone with the main proprietor, mm-hmm. Bufalina, Stephen Dilly. And uh, I was like, all right, man, like we had never met in person. I was like, where do you want to open this place? He's like, I just got a lease at Caesar Chavez in Kamal. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> that's a reach, man. Yeah, we, I don't know if people are going to come over there. there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's just so funny now to see what's Oh, yeah. What well, I mean, it's like. the same when Laz opened. People yeah. were kind of yeah. like, like why'd you open it there? Yeah. Pretty far down there, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like central. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was it. Like I moved back to town talking about it took forever to open because of this permitting mm-hmm. process which created a whole thing i ended up running hotel vegas for a while no way like, wow. interim while it, before like tweety and those guys took it over mm-hmm. and actually made it like it was a shit show when yeah I was uh but anyways yeah so then we opened bufalina and you know steven is extremely knowledgeable about food and wine and very talented and it changed my perception of food it mm-hmm. elevated me it just was like a master's degree yeah like, a couple weeks yeah you know? how, how did it elevate you it just turned on to like so much more a higher thought of cuisine and mm-hmm. wine especially like mm-hmm. i was very much at that time i thought of wine and it's very like content like and it's very like california big cabs and yeah like if anybody that knows wine has been to buflina it's like much more funky natural mm-hmm. wine mm-hmm. Yeah. i just didn't even i didn't even know that shit existed yeah, yeah. the and, orange wines are there yeah, like, yeah all that find stuff. that yeah Anywhere else. And at that time, there was no natural wine scene in Austin. Zero. Yeah. And Steven, like, you know, our first meeting, he showed up and he put a bottle of Ocipinti SP68. It's this amazing Italian wine. Mm -hmm. And he's like, take this home. This is the kind of where the wine list is going to go. And I sat down and put the whole bottle to my head Mm -hmm. because it was so delicious. Oh, wow. This is incredible. (laughs) incredible. Yeah. And so that was just it. And and I really feel like Bufalina helped to really like quick like quicken the the process of, of the Austin food scene yeah. kind of to where it is now, mm-hmm. except, yeah. especially from uh beverage side, the wine yeah. program that he put in place is, is still, I mean, there's 800 bottles on the list down. Yeah. There. I mean, you could argue without Bufalina, there would be no natural wine program here. Yeah. I mean, I mean, certainly it, it turned on all of the people mm-hmm. within the industry. Cause it mm-hmm. was like a clubhouse for everybody in the industry, right? Sunday nights, we called it the clubhouse and it was essentially just everybody from every other restaurant. So mm-hmm. all yeah. these Psalms, all these, these beverage directors, and you could see them come in and be like, mm-hmm. light what is going this? On. Yeah. And it was like that bottle of Ochapinti. We were able to, we had the whole allocation for the year. Wow. Yeah. Fast forward two years later, Steven's like, hey, I got one last chance to get in the whole allocation, but we ain't got room in here for it. Right. 
And oh, I was crap. like, we, this is very illegal. Oh. Uh, we, <laughs> no one's we, watching. We stored it all in my house. <laughs> yeah. And it was like <laughs> up against a wall, like in my condo. Right. That's awesome. And like by the end of it, he's like, I was kind of keeping inventory. There's like a couple cases short. And I was like, taxed you, brother. <laughs> yeah. My bad, man. Yeah. <laughs> Not even pretending. Just yeah. like, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know where that one. Yep. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. It's just cool because like now you can find natural wine at Figure Eight Coffee. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, everybody's it turned on. Yeah. 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 I mean, you can still get a wink and get purple teeth if you want. That's true. It's still an option. Hey, Wink's a classic. Wink is a classic. I mean, it was Uchi and Wink when Mm -hmm. I moved here. Yeah. That was the scene. Mm -hmm. Uchi, Wink, and you had like Vespio down on South Congress. Yeah, totally. And Mm -hmm. I used to eat there a lot. I lived on South Congress when I first moved Loved it for lunch, but it was a little antiquated for dinner. Yeah. Like I did it in a Teca side. You know Teca, yeah. Like like Teca side for sure. Yeah. yeah. Carbonara and Pellegrino. San Pellegrino was my hangover. Yes, sir. Nice. That's the move. Yeah. That's the move. Maybe I how to do it. Yeah. What was, I mean, when you were here in that scene... Like if it was going to be date night, mm-hmm. what was the spot? Like I know where I'm going. I know what I'm ordering. I mean, it was then. It, I mean, those were your choices if you were going to really? like, impress somebody. Pretty mm-hmm. much, there wasn't yeah. a lot going on. But yeah. we, we went to Polos a lot. You know, sure, nothing wrong. Polos, really man. Eight, but yeah. it's <laughs> a little margarita, like, chips and salsa. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you said baby A's, I'd be like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'd be like, oh well, you're not from Austin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the opposite of natural wine for yeah. sure. Just a black margarita. <laughs> so something, something. There's a common theme with like carbonara and pizza that yeah. does have like a lot of cheese products on it yeah and there is something about you that's interesting yeah. you're a vegan athlete yeah plant-based plant-based you know, okay. yeah i i you know there's like i go with plant-based for some like just the semantic it makes more sense to me mm-hmm. it, it allows people to come into it with less like judgment and yeah. judgment placed on them for their mm-hmm. decisions and you know it's something that i do hold as like a cornerstone of of my diet i mm-hmm. think like there's a little flex right now trying to understand what really makes sense to me sure a yeah little bit. we were in italy recently and and we ate some cheese you know yeah, and absolutely. it was just like were your farts good or was yeah, it like, right <laughs> it's like, if you're in italy and you can't eat the cheese like what's the point going to what's the point yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's yeah, like exactly. i think post covid i kind of had a moment of just like Life's about living it. Mm-hmm. And like these, this is something that works for me on a health standpoint. I believe in it environmentally, but like there's times in life when you like need to just live. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That was important in that yeah. situation. Like so, literally when in Rome. Yeah. Right. Literally. Literally. Yeah. Literally. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First time that ever happened. Uh, well, and when did, when did a plant-based diet come into the picture for you? Yeah. Right. Like, it was just, you, I was curious if it was running first, then plant-based yeah. or plant-based, then running. So, Running Bufalina was an amazing experience. It was mm-hmm. also very stressful. Mm-hmm. It would, the, the place was just wildly busy from day yeah, one. Yeah. And I probably wasn't fully equipped for it. Um, I was young. I was still partying a lot. And yeah. so there was a lot of like staying up really late, hung over in the morning, and like going and trying to be this leader of this restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I just started dating a girl who's now my wife. And she was, had done a marathon. And she invited me out on like a two and a half mile run. Nice. And for me, it quickly helped to just shift the where i placed importance in life mm-hmm. like i still you know i'm drinking a lone star like i'm not sure. sober by no means but i realized that i could find balance through running so yeah to answer your question running came okay. much mm-hmm. earlier and were um, you had you been in athletics at all growing up or did yeah. running kind of just come out of nowhere i played team sports i, I was okay. pretty good at football mm-hmm. um but I, like weirdly i was an offensive lineman i played like tackle yeah interesting <laughs> I was yeah. Pretty thick. Ah, yeah i wasn't okay. a big lineman but i was a lot bigger than i am now fair yeah. gotcha gotcha uh, like quick feet that was my thing yeah and then up until i got into running here i rode quick uh fixed gear bicycles okay. but it was more like those like 
what do they call them? Like the full moon rides? Yeah. And then sure. just to cruise between bars and shit. Yeah. Do a crawl, uh, yeah. have some fun. Yeah, yeah. that was really what, and Duck like commuting. I didn't have a car for a while. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I moved from the Virgin Islands where there was no concept of a DUI on the <laughs> island. So I was like, if I'm moving somewhere where they could lock me up for this shit, I'm yeah. not driving. Just yeah, like, just yeah. no car, get rid of the temptation. <laughs> yeah. And look, when you're in party mode, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. And, uh, and I, like, again, I switched the paradigm. I don't, you know, the partying's not there like it was, but like, I don't regret a moment of that mm-hmm. shit. It was so much fun. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. so much fun. Yeah. The 20s, celebrate the shit out of them. I say, like, if you want to keep doing it as long as you want, but just, it's like the moment something doesn't work for you, don't be trapped mm-hmm. by it. Right. Yeah. Be able to, like, find a way out, mm-hmm. find something new. And for me, that was running. Yeah. And yeah. so running came much sooner. And then I used running to kind of process the stresses of running this restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I like, but it happened quickly. It was like half marathon after two months. Marathon, like pretty soon after that, 50 miler the next year. Mm-hmm. And, it, and though all the running, it finally added up and I just felt burnt out. So we decided to move to Denver mm-hmm. for my wife to go to nursing school. And I gave up my shares in the restaurant. And when we got there is when I, right before going, I went de- back down to the Virgin Islands. Uh, Hurricane Irma and Maria hit. Mm-hmm. And I was going to go travel abroad after leaving the restaurants for a while. And then that happened. And I felt like, I would have felt like such a dick, like going to Southeast Asia to like just hang out when I yeah. got friends that just lost mm-hmm. everything. So I went down there to help with the relief efforts. And I think I had a moment of just like, wow, climate change is very real. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really devastated yeah. this place. And I came back and I felt very powerless, but I found that through a plant-based diet, it's like a great way to mitigate, a personal way to mitigate mm-hmm. the perils of climate change. And so that was very appealing. And then I found with running it, increase my performance okay so it was like right when we moved to denver i i i started moving in that direction gotcha mm-hmm. and how like in what ways could you tell it was enhancing your performance uh recovery time being one okay. of the biggest things like meat causes inflammation inflammation causes soreness mm-hmm. and if you can eliminate that aspect then you can train harder like i went i used to go from where i'd run like a 20 mile run and then i'd hobble around the house the next morning yeah all of a sudden i was just bouncing up and i'd be like well, let's just go run 20 more miles and yeah. therefore like i could increase the load and just become stronger mm-hmm. i think that is the biggest thing I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, what do you think? Again, we'll get to running in a minute, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think is maybe one or two of the biggest misconceptions of like being a plant-based athlete or just even having a plant-based diet? Um, I think there is just still a lot of connections between like protein, meat, strength. Mm-hmm. And like, there's so many avenues to find protein outside mm-hmm. of uh, animal like mm-hmm. protein. I think that's a huge one. Um, I think the word vegan and strong vegans have really created this thing where it's like all or nothing and sure. they, it, there's judgment behind it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't really work for me. Yeah. Like if you're going to, like, if you're going to look down on other people, you're never going to convince them to come and mm-hmm. exactly. change their ways. Yeah. Sure. So I think that's a big thing. It's just like loosening it up a little bit. That's why I say like plant-based for, so people can find their own space in it. Yeah. Sure. Know? Sure. Well, it's because do you think now when people say vegan, militant vegan kind of pops in the head pretty quick? I think so. And yeah. I think that's why plant-based is like entered the lexicon is sure. because there's a lot of people that, have identified that as kind yeah. of an issue. And and I say like, I have a lot of people within the vegan advocacy space that I respect what they do a lot. Yeah. It just doesn't work for me. And I don't see it in my attitude as being a way to encourage others to yeah. kind of mm-hmm. lean into that a little bit mm-hmm. more. Um, and it also leaves out this part of the conversation that I think is pretty interesting is because it's like this all or nothing, it removes this conversation about quality of animal products. Yeah. Like, you know, some people are just never going to give that up. But yeah. so like not all food is created equal, yeah. even within like like the, the animal product space. Like eating 
a burger from McDonald's that's sourced from deforestation in the Amazon is much different than a like grass fed bison. Yeah. Sure. You know, there's just like, there's so much yeah. difference in that. And so we lose our conversation difference. if you're yeah. like 110% or nothing. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's, I think, a problem with. Yeah, that yeah. whole that side of advocacy. And that's where like Taylor Collins, who, mm -hmm. you know, used to be a plant based athlete, kinda comes in and, and yeah. has their space to promote, you know, well sourced meat protein. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I think yeah. it's an important conversation. I mm -hmm. don't know if it's where I'll go. I sure. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I think it's that should be open for conversation. I grew up in Agreed. rural Georgia. Yeah. Like, all my yeah. buddies from home, you're not gonna convince them to quit eating. <laughs> no. Yeah, steak. like you'll never convince me to quit. You don't want me to yeah. eat a like, cow? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like you could, you know, but, if you have like the means and there's places where you can still like make your dollars count by going yeah. with like high quality stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's from a environmental standpoint and also an ethical. Yeah. Exactly. Cause like the, and for health I, and for your, yeah, for health. Like, yeah, yeah. Like the stress hormones in an animal that's treated poorly. Yeah. I don't want any of that. that and it's going to yeah. come straight to you. Yeah. Like energy exactly. doesn't cease. It's going to end up in your body and mm -hmm. that's, it's a little heady, but I don't, th it's still going to suck. Like it's yeah. not going to be good for you or your mindset or your body. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. Heck yeah. And so back to, you went on that first two and a half mile run. Yeah. And was it pretty, I mean, you said two months to half marathon. Yeah. So was it just <laughs> pretty quick of like, I like this. I, I want to keep going and keep going. Yeah. It was like the inverse of a drug, right? Mm -hmm. You do a drug, you feel great while you do it and you feel like shit afterwards. <laughs> Running, especially when you're getting started, mm -hmm. you feel like shit while you're doing, but you feel great afterwards. Yeah. And I yeah. really liked that mm -hmm. that made a lot more sense it resonated with me at that point in life. yeah and so that's what became infectious like mm -hmm. i could eliminate the anxiety i could eliminate the stress by mm -hmm. going and doing something good for my body yeah and it just for me i never worried about getting faster i always just wanted to go further yeah further mm -hmm. and that's always been my pursuit it's like i'm not a fast runner yeah like i was joking the other day like i'm actually a mediocre runner i just hide behind the fact that i'll go further than any yeah year. like sure. i'll just not stop <laughs> yeah before anyone as long as i don't stop yeah there then eventually go. I'm going to beat you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, hey, if you can beat a Tesla. Yeah, right. There you go. Outlast. <laughs> that was admittedly, uh, Gunner is my entrance into the running space. Yeah. Um, I, I ran a little bit in track in high school, but only recently have kind of gotten back cool. into it. Uh, there's a whole thing there, but it's not important. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, I knew of you kind of tangentially, and he, you know, shot me the, the documentary, and it, it was awesome. Uh, yeah. First of all, like, I just love the way that you you framed the entire race. Yeah. And I love that you chose to do it in the hottest part of the summer. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't. <laughs> it, it, it was in March, April. April? It wasn't yeah. supposed to be but that it hot. Was, it, it was so hot, right? Yeah. And so humid. It was predictive of what this summer would be, honestly. Yeah. Truly. Um, um, but yeah, I, just, I love everything about that. Yeah. So I'm, I was curious, what sparked that idea? It was... <clears throat> it was like a, it was a conversation between mm -hmm. me and a, a previous sponsor. And it was about, I'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it there. I was like interested in like Cocodona 250, mm -hmm. big 250 mile yeah. race in Arizona. And this, so you were interested in the second year or the inaugural one? Second year. Second second. Yeah. After yeah. watching Vestige do what he did. Yeah. Um, watching a little documentary about that and reading his race report. If you haven't mm -hmm. read Michael Vestige's race report, Google it. His, mm -hmm. It's really, really incredible. Link right here. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really. You, it, <laughs> if you're into like Hunter S. Thompson, Gonzo Journalism. Oh, yeah. 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 It was written by a friend of his, Adam. I just found Yeah. If you like so. Anton Kropitschka and Hunter S. Yeah. Thompson, this, this is where you go. This right? is what you yeah. need. Yeah. This is what you need <laughs> in your life. Um, but yeah, I was interested in that distance. And said sponsor was like, we're interested in doing a relay to, to outlast the, body, the battery life of a Tesla. We'll bring mm -hmm. a group of runners together. 
And we started looking at the distance it would be. Mm-hmm. And we saw that the Model 3 was about 250. And I was like, fuck that. You're like, I'll just do, do it. it. Like, yeah. you don't need any other runner. Yeah. Let's just do this. And like, well, it, plus, it, that yeah. sponsor doesn't have a lot of real runners anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it just piqued their interest. And I was down to do it. And we just started figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Heck and, yeah. Uh, what made y'all zero in on Texas specifically? I So I like, I've done a I'm starting to accumulate a lot of large efforts and I'm finding mm-hmm. that geography really matters to me. Yeah. I do them in places that resonate with me. Robbie's run across America, yeah. by the yeah, way. Like, so when he <laughs> says large efforts, he meet like yeah. this Tesla race is so minimal <laughs> compared to, which we'll talk about that too. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. So that, like, yeah, again, space, like place mattered. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I really like West Texas, like Marfa area. I mean, I love it's, it around. We're from, we're from that from, area. Oh, really? So, oh yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Andrews out by Milona Dessa. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Small town. Yeah. Kids. It's really cool and beautiful out there. From right? Mars, man. We yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gorgeous. But the initial idea for me, <clears throat> I proposed to do like out Marfa area. Yeah. My thought was it's straight, high plains. Not a lot of cars. Yeah. We can just like <laughs> capture it really well. Yeah. And like those shots would have yeah. been gorgeous. Yeah. Too. And, but the lack of cars have been cool. But then it was like brought to me, they were like, it's just going to be too hard to get everybody out there. Like it was sponsors. just so far. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sponsor. Uh, so then it was like, let's do it around Austin. And I was like, fuck guys. Like there's a difference between the plains and the hill country. Right. Yeah. This just got a lot harder. Got a lot yeah. Harder. yeah. <laughs> but, You're uh, like, yeah. I know I trained in Colorado. Like, but- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that was kind of how it ended up being yeah. around Austin. And then a good friend of mine and my wife's, uh, Mallory and Jason Brooks, they used to live here. They're now in Colorado very familiar with the area they're yeah. race directors okay and so she created the route hill of life on instagram yeah, right exactly. yes okay yeah. real yeah. good friends of ours heck yeah she created the route i question whether we were friends during it i there's the that so- there's that little <laughs> section in the middle of the dock i think yeah. where you're just like what did i do to her uh, yeah what did i do to piss her <laughs> off that's what i said yeah um so yeah that was how it all came together and then we just went for it you know nice. sent it i i have a question <laughs> but i do have to say and it's such a little part but I think only like other runners can see this part and identify like make that their favorite part. I think it's day one or maybe like the beginning. It's the beginning of day two and you're running on the shoulder of the highway and a truck honks at yeah, you. I love that. And you just go, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and I immediately was like, yes, that, <laughs> yeah. that is what it feels like. Yeah. Anytime a car honks at you when you're on the side of the road. Totally. You're like, thanks for helping. I just, I just <laughs> loved that little, just like, fuck. I was dude. in a foul mood that yeah. morning. Yeah. Like I was just like, what have I done? This yeah. is stupid. Yeah. The <laughs> second day did not seem uh, like that seemed like one. the worst day. Day two was hell. Yeah. Especially yeah. like right at daybreak. I took like a, 30 minute, 40 minute, mm-hmm. uh, Newcom. It's one mm-hmm. of my sponsors. It's just like great tech that helps bring your body and mind like into theta or your mind into like theta waves mm-hmm. so that your parasympathetic nervous system can take over so you can recover really fast. So I laid down with that for like 30 minutes to try to reset. Mm-hmm. But when I woke up, I was like, this is dumb. I hate all of you. <laughs> I hate everyone. And when I, I say everyone, I mean myself mainly for deciding yeah. to do this. Mm-hmm. And then that was right after that. I got on the road. <laughs> Honk, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. like bringing it right back down. Yeah. That, now Jeez. I almost feel like dumb because I'm like, I've done that when I'm two miles yeah. into a normal run. Oh, I do run, too. Every, normal, all, yeah, for some reason when they yeah, honk at yeah. you, it's just like. Well, running across the US, you, you get to where you can identify a happy honk what are the differences yeah it's the length you know? it. it's like yeah. eh, like hey good hey. time it's like fuck <laughs> and then when you go running across the us too i got in a thing to where i wanted to like see how many waves i could get in a row mm-hmm. yeah 
and you learn people wave differently mm-hmm. in different locations, in different areas. Yeah. And if you can figure out their wave mm-hmm. and do it, yeah, they're more likely to wave back. Like in Oklahoma, it's real slow and it's up. And if you're like, they're like, <laughs> if you like throw it up slowly. Yeah. They're all about it. And then you get the short honk with yeah, the wave. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Give us a, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I love, uh, cause even I think new runners can appreciate the mind games you play with yourself oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, as yeah. you're running. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the thing I love about both of you the most is how you articulate how running is so spiritual for you yeah. and what's mm-hmm. going on cerebrally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like why I do it. You know, at the end of the day, like now, mm-hmm. it's this growth that comes through it. Like with every effort, I become something. Some there's some breakthrough. Mm-hmm. I usually spend the next couple months very inspired. I can yeah. write a lot better. Like mm-hmm. I love to write, but when I'm a couple months past an effort, I get writer's block. Sure, and it's mm-hmm. like and I think it's all that like clear time in my head that just like all these ideas come to mind, or even they're subconscious, mm-hmm. and then in the months after, they're still yeah kind of there. What's like one of the biggest breakthroughs you've had on a run? Transcon, there was a lot. You know, mm-hmm. that was really, that was my first time doing a big effort. That Lots was, of opportunity. Yeah, 43 <laughs> miles a day for 75 days. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a lot of time on your feet. <laughs> and some of like- With the, some poles. Yeah, 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 for sure. Hey, uh, uh, are poles important? They're very important. Yeah. Use poles. Yeah. So guess who them. forgot poles? Uh-oh. At Leadville? Dude, I, so I ran past you going- out yeah. toward Hope Pass and they offered the polls and I felt like crap but it was like I mean if Adrian's not using polls <laughs> yeah and I and I'm yeah. and I'm only two and a half miles behind him <laughs> why do I need him um and I found out pretty quick like literally you know when you're coming you're going up toward Hope Pass and you go through the river yeah and then the trees start and the trail just sort of zeroes into a single track. It goes like this. goes like that. <laughs> right first step, I was like, that was bad. should yeah. I turn around? Yeah. And I just kept going. So yeah, poles are important. They Very are important. Yeah. Just Matt, checking. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like the professional. Yeah. Poles are important, right? They're a big deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to use poles yeah. forever. I just, get it. Just checking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but learned like the biggest lesson I think out there, like a big like parable for life was like one day would suck. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, is it had no correlation to the next day. Mm-hmm. The next day could be the best day I had out there. Yeah. And I think that's important in life. Like when you're down or shit sucks, like just be like, this is very temporary. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow could be a much better day. Yeah. That was one of the biggest things. And also <clears throat> I did that. Like what kind of thrusted me into this in retrospect could I only see was processing the 2016 election. Like mm-hmm. that was just real weird to me. I was like, yeah. what the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. And I had put up a lot of barriers and walls towards people that I didn't think I identify or I didn't identify with because of that decision mm. in rural America. I was just like, eh. And getting out there, I realized that like there's just so much more to us. There's so yeah. much more complexities to humans. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's like good qualities in everybody. Yeah. And we like are a lot of what's going on right now, in my opinion, from that experience is like we're very much victims of these devices in our hands mm-hmm. and like the, the, the messages that are given to us about mm-hmm. how different we are. I yeah. mean, there are some toxic aspects of everybody. Sure. For sure. And so, but anyways, that was a big thing was to see. We agree with you, by yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's kind of like how, you know, saying you're vegan, there's so much yeah. baggage with that. So yeah. like saying you're conservative or saying you're liberal, there's so much baggage. Do you think it's similar? Yeah, I do. And I think it's so much that's like been built up, not f- by by us as individuals mm-hmm. or even as a group collective, but like like media has put in yeah it. yeah all, like and five or six and, and companies just, have yeah. fed us this yeah. it's not and they've created these divisions yeah you know I mean when if you just we're not even getting the same narrative on either no side. yeah that's the mm-hmm. thing is like 
the things that on, you know, I'm, I'm a very liberal person. And on that side, the focus is different from the focus that has been giving on the conservative side. Yeah. We're not even like having the same conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but we think we are. Mm-hmm. And yeah. therefore, if you're not seeing it my way, then you're seeing it that way. But those people, for the most part, aren't even like paying attention to that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a completely different yeah. world. It's a like, different universe. You're looking that way and they're looking yeah. this way. And if we, if we subscribe to mass to like major media sources, like, it's kind of like creating a reality for us that mm-hmm. isn't our actually like lived Yeah, experience. and confirming a lot of biases too. Absolutely. We're not careful. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and condone a lot of actions on either side, really. Mm-hmm. But sure. like, it's just a, more of a clusterfuck and messed up than we give it credit for. Oh, We're yeah. living in a black and white world. I mean, there's nothing. There's out nothing. Black yeah. And white. Mm-hmm. So, All great. Yeah. Yeah. And was it? <clears throat> I mean, yeah. I want to. Pause Tesla in Texas. Um, I mean, half <laughs> marathon, marathon 50. <laughs> you kind of thrust yourself into this transcon yeah. pursuit. Like, were there logistics? Was there a plan? Or were you just like, I can find my way across the country? It's like, daunting. And anybody that goes into it without a plan should like stop <laughs> and reconsider. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Gunner, did you hear that? I heard that <laughs> yeah, too. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. You're good. Um, I decided to do it. I went down to the Copper Canyon and ran mm-hmm. the Caballo Blanco 50, made mm-hmm. famous in Born to Run. Yeah. And while down there, I met a guy named Patrick Sweeney, mm-hmm. who I bumped into today at the at TR. <laughs> was he there? Such yeah, a small world. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, and he just like, in conversation, was like, I ran across the United States like in 2015. I was like, say what? <laughs> like, you can do that? Yeah. And I was just a Forrest Gump thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what sparked it. Yeah. I came home and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do that wasn't in the restaurants. And I told my wife, I was like, I'm going to run across the United States. And she's like, okay. Uh, and so I said I was going to do it in a year. Yeah. So I had a year to train. Mm-hmm. I'd already, I'd ran 250 miles and 250Ks going into it, you know, from that moment. <laughs> like you hadn't even done a hundred miler. I didn't until after the trains gone. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. Yeah. I didn't realize I that. that. That's awesome. And, uh, but I took that year, very basic training plan, but just mm-hmm. about volume, putting mm-hmm. on the miles. But then you got to sell it. You got to yeah. get sponsors because it's mm-hmm. a very expensive venture. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, everything about sponsorships now is based on social media. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. I mean, I don't blame brands. Like, that's where, yeah. value, that's where the value is. So I had, like, well, that's where... Monet, that's where yeah, the monet, right, right. Yeah. yeah, well, and they can track it so well, yeah, so yeah, it's easy for them to a, see their ROI, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, exactly. And at the time, I had 800 followers on Instagram, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. wasn't helping anybody, yeah. So, that was a big part <clears throat> was spending a lot of those months just mm-hmm. trying to get somebody to back me, yeah. And once I got that in line, it was not a mood dairy free ice cream here from Austin, <laughs> sure, yeah, there you go, <laughs> Daniel Nicholson, one of the greatest guys in the world, shouts out, yeah, shouts yeah, out, Daniel Nicholson. Daniel. <laughs> uh, he, he backed me, you know, he's like, mm-hmm. I believe in you, I believe in this. And we did it to create conversation about better food choices, yeah. plant-based diet. So, sorry, this is taking a while. Uh, <laughs> no, dude, take your time. You but, said you don't have a time <laughs> cap. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, yeah, we so. go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, once I had that in place, it was like late November, mm-hmm. early December. I was going to start in March, and I had a real oh shit moment. I was really? like, all right, now I have got somebody to back me. <laughs> How the fuck am I going to do this? You know, I was just like- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was scared. Now I yeah, have to. Now you're locked in. Yeah, I'm locked in. in. Yeah. And we were hanging out with Shelly, my wife's family, over Christmas. And I think they could all see the stress and like fear in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And they're very competent, capable people who have been in the running space for a long time. And essentially, like they just like had like an intervention. And they were like, <laughs> let's sit down at the table for the next two days mm-hmm. and let's figure this shit out. That's awesome. Yeah. And we just broke yeah. things off. And everybody took their 
their thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like Shelly's sister ended up being my crew chief. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, she like, um, so she helped do a lot of the logistics. She had done the Appalachian Trail the year prior, year prior mm-hmm. plant-based. So she could create like my my food plan. Yeah. And then her dad handled figuring out the route. Mm-hmm. And we were lucky we found there was a route that a group of Frenchmen <laughs> did a couple years before and they left yeah. like a trail of PDFs online. So we started with that. And that's a huge part because you have to mm-hmm. run, you can't run on interstates. Yeah. You will get picked up by a cop and taken off. Mm-hmm. We figured that mm-hmm. out somewhere around Arkansas. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I think it was Arkansas. Uh, and, and then, uh, sorry, Missouri. And uh, Same place. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> and uh, you, so you want a road with a really big shoulder mm-hmm. or with very low traffic. Yeah. So he went in and painstakingly like Google earthed it, mm-hmm. you know, look to make sure the roads would work. Yeah. So that like, that was, so yes, there was just like all these logistics that had to come together. And I have always been a very fiercely independent person. It's probably mm-hmm. what burnt me out on the restaurants. I wasn't willing to ask yeah. for help. I wasn't willing to delegate. I was mm-hmm. just like, I'll do it all. Yeah. And in this moment, it was like this growth. This conversation is about Robbie. Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure because I'm yeah. hearing a lot of uh, similar things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you need to run across the US. I, I've thought about it. Let's go. Yeah. I'll help you. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, so in that, it was like the first part of me learning this lesson of like, it's okay to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And you can't do everything by yourself, yeah. especially something this big. Mm-hmm. And so they all helped me bring it together. So that was kind of awesome. how it all started to coalesce into actually like we have a plan. Mm-hmm. Let's go for it. What what was the hardest day on the Transcon? Um, it started probably on day three. Day three, I was like tripping face. Like mm-hmm. I was real high. Like yeah. everything was just mm-hmm. like monochromatic. Just, like <clears throat> colors were weird. Yeah. Like I was like had all these like weird paranoias. And then it progressively like got worse for like the next like – 13 days or something. Yeah. Did it go uh, into like full synesthesia? Uh, it just went into full like depraved pain. <laughs> yeah. I got like really bad shin splints. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing something like this, you can't stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you find is like your body will adapt mm-hmm. if you can handle it. Yeah. And if you can just push yeah. until your body. And you need to mitigate. You know, there's some mitigation practices. Right. And like a lot of it was like a, like adjusting things, changing yeah. my shoes. Mm-hmm. Little things like changing my socks. I was wearing crew socks and we decided that I should wear one day I put on ankle socks mm-hmm. and changing the amount of mobility in my ankle yeah. started to alleviate it. Mm-hmm. So it was like a lot of problem solving. So it was really, I can't say there was a day. Mm-hmm. There was like a couple of weeks mm-hmm. <laughs> and it like, kind of like, I guess it did kind of the worst day would have been, I think it was day 20. Um, at that point I got over the shin splints, but in compensating for the shin splints, I got tendonitis in the other ankle. Yikes. Yeah. And so I was literally dragging my leg Yeah, and my crew made me take, the rest of the day off. I did 13 miles that day. It was the only day that was less than 40, I believe. Mm. And uh, wow. the following day, I took the whole day off. So mm-hmm. I actually ran 74 out of 75 days. And somewhere in those two days was the real low. Yeah. But it also provided the opportunity for a lot of growth. And it came in the fact of like, I had to like give up to like the energy of the world. Mm-hmm. Whether like, I couldn't put a name on it. I'd say I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. But there was like, it was big. This was so big. It was bigger than me. I couldn't force this effort. Yeah. I had to just like kind of go with the flow. You had to let it happen. Let it happen and like, yeah. like give myself to the energy around me and like do all I could, but I couldn't just brute force my way through. Yeah. It. Right. So it was like the worst moment, then followed by like a huge breakthrough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's usually, and now that's what I rely on. When mm-hmm. shit gets real rough, you're like, you're like, yeah. oh, the breakthrough. There's some mind expansion. Yeah. Well, in a way, that's almost not that you're chasing it, but like in a way, that's like what you look that's forward That's what I'm doing. To, right. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then like learning that is like you get into like these really hard things. And when it gets really hard, you got to remind yourself like, 
this is where I want to be, man. Yeah. I didn't, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, you don't run Leadville because you want to be easy. You want yeah. to get real fucking yeah. dark. <laughs> you know, no, it got think. dark. Yeah. <laughs> it got real dark. Oh, man. Um, I hear you. Yeah. You don't delusionally think that you can keep up with Don and Adrian yeah, unless right. you're crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don, what, 13, 1100 miler? Oh, my yeah. gosh, dude. Yeah. He's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, Shouts out, Don. Uh, and Don. then what, what is finishing an effort like that like? Like it's the actual, like, yeah. the moment that it's like, I have reached the sand, yeah. I've reached the beach, this is over. It's just so proud of yourself, so like proud of your crew, mm-hmm. and like so grateful. Yeah. Like a yeah. lot of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Gratitude for me having the health and the ability to do this, being bold enough mm-hmm. to set out on it. And then also for all those people that helped you get there, whether yeah. your family and friends that are there, your sponsors, it's just like gratitude. Mm-hmm. So much mm-hmm. gratitude. Uh, it's the thing I try to carry with me yeah. you know, after. And then it's followed by that I've, I'm getting better at, but I think we all can, that run can talk about is like that, like the blues after a big effort. You feel depressed. You don't have like anything to fixate on it. Mm-hmm. You did yeah. it. Plus your hormones are just bottomed Jack. out. Like I, people always make it like a, you're depressed because the goal is gone. And it's yeah. like, that's, that's part, part of it. it. But also like your, every, your body, hormone, your body's just like, screw you. Yeah. Your endocrine. Go to sleep. So yeah. Up. Everything yeah. is screwed. Yeah. Up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So, and when you do like transcon and it's your first big effort, those blues lasted like, <laughs> I'm still just blown. That's still your first stuck big on that. <laughs> it, But yeah, those blues lasted a while. Four really? Wow. It was dark. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. And I was told it would be, but you, it's like, it's like when you're out there, you're right. told like, it's you, you can even think you don't have to be told you're like is it gonna hurt mm-hmm. i'm gonna be really tired try for day 45 right you're like, yeah that is to a degree you couldn't have even perceived until mm-hmm. you're there and the same was with that depression it was like yeah oh, this is actually really dark yeah what was the darkest part of that like blues phase um it was just the lack of direction mm-hmm. you know like i did a really big thing and i think it was a very naive thought to think that I'm going to do this. And then like the world's going to be perfect. My world, if I run across the U S like birds are going to be chirping, rainbows are going to come out and that's going to be my life forever. And you get done and you're like, I'm still just a dude. (laughs) I'm just now a dude that's run across the U S and that was a big, that was hard. That was a big, like, Oh shit. Like I've still, I'm still going to have bad days, good days Mm -hmm. and just coping with that and being learning to be all right with Mm -hmm. that again. Yeah. Do you find that the habit of running and setting up these big efforts helps you cope with that? Yeah. And you learn, like, I think like big efforts like this, all these different aspects of it, they provide an opportunity for you to get reps, Mm -hmm. right? Like if we want to get better, if we want to get stronger or something, it's reps, repetition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you put yourself in these really trying situations, you get repetitions at these different aspects of life. Mm -hmm. So you learn a lot and you become better at them because you've challenged yourself. That's, that's the, the, that's why we need to push into things that are difficult Mm -hmm. or scare us. Yeah. Heck yeah. And what, why do you think so many people are averse to that? I think we live in a culture that, I mean, we, we hide pain, we mm-hmm. hide it, we dope mm-hmm. up on everything we can. Mm-hmm. I mean, me, you know, me included, but like, we're just taught from a young age that pain is something to run from, mm-hmm. avoid. Sure. And the reality is, is like so many like cultures, like you go through these like really trying things mm-hmm. to like expand or to become an adult. I yeah. Mean, mm-hmm. On purpose. On purpose. Yeah. Man, we have just erased that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just are taught that it's yeah. like, stay away from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And culturally we need to get 
back in the habit yeah. of like challenging ourselves. Yeah, that's why I'm going to hit my kids. Like, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Never when they expect it. Yeah, yeah no, it's always going to be back of the head. Yeah, just just they're going to come through the, like, come through the door and just spark. <laughs> I'm not going to hit my kids. Um, I'm going to hit his kids. Yes. <laughs> I do it. <laughs> I'm going to make them run across America yeah, when they're 10. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, then um, you did Colorado Crush before the Tesla thing yeah. as well, right? So I mean, you had a summer of yeah, it was of pushing it. Transcon uh, had beat the FKT for Loopstrand Central Park in a day, yeah, which has been destroyed by Oz, Oz Perlman. Whatever, fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> You're not bitter. You're about supposed that. to leave this good friend. Of mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like sit through that. We've become yeah, friends. yeah. But, uh, and then yeah, and then it was the Colorado Crush, which is mm-hmm. a 63 day effort. Yeah. I ran the Leadville Trail Series Marathon in June, 50 in July, 100 in August. Between the marathon and 50, I ran the Colorado Trail, 485 miles in 11 days. And then between the 50 and the 100, I summited all 58 peaks over 14,000 feet. Jesus, no big deal. MVD. <laughs> and and this was this was your brainchild, right? right. Like yeah, you so thought like, of those three things. Yeah, like the in one, right? it together. Yeah, like the idea came through our like that first summer of COVID, mm-hmm. like, you know, my wife was a nurse, so we were very, very strict on kind of like self-isolating. Yeah. She was mm-hmm. like a Petri dish, you know, mm-hmm. and we just didn't want Yeah. We talked about this yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't want to, we didn't want to endanger anyone else. Right. And in that, like I got very stir crazy. So as soon as like <laughs> the weather turned and it wasn't winter in Denver anymore, we were like, let's go do some 14ers. Mm-hmm. And so we actually did like 21, I think that summer. Mm-hmm. And, um, but in that I kept being, I, I was working for a startup. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't running for like full time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this sucks. Like working for <laughs> this startup, great yeah. company, but not the act of doing the job was mm-hmm. bullshit. I didn't want yeah. to do with it. And I was like, I want to get back into full time running. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm up here in the mountains and I feel so good. Yeah. In a time where we're all depressed, we're all mm-hmm. trying to figure this whole weird world out that we now live in. If I'd go up in the mountains, I could just disappear from it. And I was able yeah. to just like listen to my, myself, my mm-hmm. mind, my soul. And I was like, well, how, what can I do to like do this for a long time? And I was like, what are some big endurance challenges in Colorado? And the three first things that came to mind was, well, I'm up on a 14er. So I got the 14ers. There's the Colorado trail and there's the Leadville trail series. I'd already mm-hmm. done the 50 miler the, uh, a couple of times, silver rush. And all of a sudden it was like, okay, could these all be done in a summer? Mm-hmm. And then the Leadville Trail Series provided bookmarks. There was a there was a defined first day. Yeah, there'd be a defined last day. Mm-hmm. Can you get all that other shit in in the middle? Yeah, that's awesome. And then it was just like, can you? And then yeah. we looked at it, and I was like, maybe, maybe. like barely, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but you can. By the skin of my teeth, I might get it done. Yeah. And so that was kind of how it Heck came. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. What What was the darkest day on the Colorado Crush? Darkest the last day, Leadville One Hundred. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> It destroyed me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think everything else you did up to that, that day that point. Yeah. had destroyed It was the cumulative you. fatigue. Yeah. But we went into it. It was like, will this be like the strongest I've ever been in a race? Or yeah. is the wear and tear there? Yeah. And it was hard to really say. Like, I was, on one, I'm acclimated. I've mm-hmm. spent all sure. summer up here. Yeah. And I came out of the gates and like five miles in, I looked up and Anton was in front of me. I was like, well, this is fucked up. It's <laughs> <laughs> right real there, bad idea. Yeah. yeah. Which were you even yeah. thinking about that or you just were like, I was just cruising. Uh, cruising. You know? And I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, no, strongest day of my life. Yeah. And then like, luckily I was like, that's dumb. And then by like mile 13, I realized that was right beside Annie Hughes. <laughs> who won, uh, the female who won. And I was like, 
uh, still a bad idea. And right then, too, my legs just, if you've done enough of these, you know when your legs are thrashed. Yeah. I was well, like, I mean, mile 13 is about when you start carving up yeah. toward the top. And it, of it, was like before, yeah. it was like the flats, like at May Queen. Yeah. yeah and it yeah. was just like, uh-oh, my oh, no. legs are shot. <laughs> oh, wow. And so the rest of it was just like a slog. Suffer fast. Like yeah. Really, really brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So the darkest was the last day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then in the Colorado yeah. Trail, there's a great film about that effort. Mm, it's the most, yeah. it's like both of those films I'm really proud of, Tesla and that one. Mm-hmm. Um, that one is now with my business partner who we've started a media company. Yeah, Audacious, Audacious Report, Report, right? Yeah. yeah, with Reese Robinson. He's a great, talented like video filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, but he couldn't be there the whole summer, so he was coming out in waves. Yeah. And what was missed in the film, he showed up on day six of the Colorado Trail. Day two through five... Maybe he showed up a little later than that because it was more days than that. It was just shitting rain. Like, yeah. It was just so wet. Mm-hmm. And it made for just a very challenging run because I was mm-hmm. also, we're pretty sure I was the first person to clear the trail for the, for the year. Like I was the first person to <laughs> you were the full. Yeah, you were and, leading the way. Yeah, and I, and I had to do it that way in order to get it all in. Mm-hmm. But that means you're dealing with a lot of like mud from mm-hmm. snow melt. Yeah, so it yeah. was like, it was just very hard. The, yeah. the mud, navigating the mud, my feet were really mm-hmm. fucked up from it. Like you want to run faster, but you know, you, like yeah. you're, you're just yeah. kind of forced to do this, this slog. slog. Yeah. And my feet were just in bad shape from all the water. Mm-hmm. Um, so those two times, it was like that. Yeah. The 14ers were like challenging, but like when you wake up every day and you're halfway up a mountain with the sun rising over the Colorado Rockies, mm-hmm. I think every morning I said out loud, like, how lucky am I? Yeah. You know, there was That's just a awesome. lot of like, this is badass. That's awesome. Yeah. And I've I, I been meaning to ask, you know, as a Georgia kid, spending time in Texas, I know you had the Alaska stand, but even yeah. Virgin Islands, like, did you know you were a mountain guy or has this all sort of come about as you spent time in Denver, Colorado yeah. area? I grew up in the Appalachians. So ah. like, I was like, like right in the foothills of the Appalachians. Mm-hmm. I think I'm I'm just like, I'm a hillbilly. At heart. <laughs> the, the Blue Ridge side or the... Uh, yeah, like Northeast Georgia. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay. Like right where like Blood Mountain. It's like, okay. like Hogpin Gap for people that know the mm-hmm. Appalachian Trail, like that area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I've always been drawn mm-hmm. to extremes. Yeah. Like I like, I've always said like I have to be in the middle of nowhere or in the middle of it. Yeah, and I like that. nothing in between. Like when yeah. I was in Austin, I was I was down in the heart. Yeah, you guys were like throwing in the, the party, yeah, like yeah. raging. Absolutely. Yeah, and if it's not that, then put me out. Like, right. yeah, out, put out you on Dripping Springs <laughs> where no one else is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it used to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. So like, and then like, I, yeah. So the mountains always have called to me that mm-hmm. that like solitude, the beauty, and yeah. I think I've just progressively we've always we gravitated towards the mountains mm-hmm. when we were living here. If we got away, we were going to Colorado. Yeah, and then we moved there. So. Yeah, but that was really my first venture into big mountain. Efforts. Yeah, you know, I'd done mm-hmm. those twenty something, fourteen years of the year before, but this was like, no, I'm going to become a mountain athlete. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what to you, what is the difference between like an ultra endurance athlete and a yeah. mountain athlete? Well, I mean, I think Balls. there's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a lot in between. For sure, there's a lot of overlap for sure. But in the mountains, it's just different. Like anyone that like. If you, you know, I think I, you see it a lot with even like Leadville, like people are like, they have a marker for how they're going to do in a race because of how they've done as a flatlander. Yeah. And you get up there and you're like, it's a whole different ball. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> like you get up there and the air is light. It's just, yeah. it's a different skill yeah. set. It's mm-hmm. a different way to move your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a different just, understanding of how your body moves. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's wild. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can get yourself in a very precarious situation in the mountains. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of harder to achieve yeah. on like, down here 
Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. And what 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 is your favorite fourteener that you've been able to check off? Well, I've checked them all off. So um, I would say, I mean the Capitol Peak, the big one. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the big one. It's like the most scary, probably the most <laughs> dangerous. But yeah. It's also when you see that thing, you're like, holy shit, it's huge. Yeah. Um. So that was cool because it really was pu- pushing me out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's like actually like some class five moves. A lot, yeah. Like a lot of class four stra- scrambling. Yeah. Yeah. Heck cool. yeah. So just more entertaining <clears throat> and fun. Yeah. More, and it's <laughs> big. Yeah. Just yeah. Big. Just a behemoth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So what is, if you have one, your favorite day of running? Oh, wow. I've never been asked that. That's a great question. Thank you. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. Totally. I got one. <laughs> <laughs> the non-runner <Yeah. laughs> gets one in. I think to date, the most challenging effort I've done would have been Tesla, honestly. Mm-hmm. Concentrated really hard. Yeah. In that last couple hours, I went into a very like, like gonzo trippy <laughs> just that flow it was really yeah. yeah yeah it was wild I mean, but cool. you knew it was coming to an end and i had yeah. all these cool people around me that mm-hmm. i love and i was i've never gotten to that spot mm-hmm. and like at the end of the day like i'm a tripper like yeah. i love psychedelics yeah. like, it's all fun and if i can hit it from doing like that it yeah. was like i'm here <laughs> i've arrived i think, that, I think like I love that, that, that like the universe day. just opened up for you yeah, yeah. And and it was like side. it was wild it yeah. was fun to navigate and like with every mile more people started to join from mm-hmm. all those that had been there with me the whole time to like others that were just out for that after that that morning and it was just so fun to share it with such yeah such a rad group of people and i was a lone star wait and there's the yeah i love there was literally one one of my favorite parts of the talk yeah. <laughs> well, the, well the funnier part is like you're like i got it and then you see you jogging a little bit more and like and the funny thing was like i was so depleted that yeah. um he was like, I put the beer back and I got like half of it in. Yeah. And by the time I put it down, I was like, I'm oh. drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Which is, it was cool. Oh, that's <laughs> fun. Yeah. Good come down. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. we're back at Tesla. So we got the end. What was it like to like do this effort in the area that you kind of fell in love with running? Like yeah. that was what was really cool about it mm-hmm. was that um, my grandfather I, my father died when I was really young. So mm-hmm. my main male role battles were my grandfather's. One was like Georgia guy, big farm. And the other one was my mom's dad. And he was born in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. very strongly identified as a Texan. Like he, okay. he was very proud of Texas. Mm-hmm. And he had passed years past. But it just meant a lot for me to do it here. And mm-hmm. I felt very close to him yeah. throughout mm-hmm. it. That was a lot of it. And like, I love like Texas folk music. Like mm-hmm. Willie Nelson is like everything to me. Uh, in Towns Van Zandt. Oh, yes. Towns. Yeah. Our, da- our dad gave our us dad. both uh, for, I, th- I, think, I think 12 or 13 for Christmas, we each got a Towns Van Zandt CD. Oh my yep. That was like the, like, that was props. The, there you, you can yeah. now, you our, can our now Our dad listen. has some subtle flexes on yeah. like parenting that I'm going to come back to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm holding on to that one. Yeah. That oh yeah. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so that was a lot of it. It was like just this grit in Texas Mm-hmm. The grid of Texas is what mm-hmm. I love about Texas. Texas ain't pretty. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, like the whole country's pretty. It is. It is. It's just, it's not like that majesty that you get yeah. brought up. Pretty pictures. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. I mean, we had this experience when we were camping right next to Twin Lakes. Yeah. You know, at the foot of the collegiate peaks with oh, Leadville man. 20 minutes this way and Buena Vista mm-hmm. 20 minutes that way. Say it right. 
<laughs> no, it's Buena Vista. It's Buena Vista. Oh, Buena Vista. Buena Vista. That nah. drove me crazy. Some guy yeah. tried to convince us that it was German, and we were like, we were like no, it's not. Look, man, we're from Austin. Yeah. We've been to Fredericksburg. We know for a fact that yeah. this is not German. Yeah. Um, but I live 30 minutes from there. Uh, yeah. I refuse. Like, I, would I, never, I don't get it. I would never. It's a joke, right? Like, it's an actual joke. Oh, you'll kidding. be corrected by it from people. Well, I know, but I'm like, is this a thing? Yeah. Like, do y'all have a meeting and you do just say, like, hey, are we going to keep it going? Well, there's like a subtle. BV, which is all right, but yeah, it's not like a venereal disease. Yeah, a little. F- <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Beaver vagina. Um, <laughs> but because the lake, we we had that multiple talks multiple about times. like, oh, this is beautiful. It's just it, so in your face. There. Yeah, it's, it's just it's subtle here. Yeah, the but word like Texas. Texas is a state of mind. Yes, you know what amen, I mean. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah, and like that's beautiful, <laughs> and that's what I get mm-hmm. in that run was just tapping into this state of mind. And my grandfather was just like he had all these little sayings, like you know, <laughs> as like, a good Texan. Yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. his thing. One that I've always held was like his thing was like if you're gonna shoot, shoot. Meaning, mm-hmm. like, if you say you're going to do something, just fucking do yeah. something. Fucking do it. And Which like, is a very Texan thing. Yeah. 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 And, like, that that kind of attitude, mm-hmm. it let me tap into it really early. Yeah. And just hold in that space mm-hmm. for, like, three days. It was yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Amazing. And, I mean, having done Transcon, having done the Colorado Crush, you know, all the things you've done, did you expect the Tesla pursuit to be that hard? Or were you a little, like, I mean... I knew it was going to be real hard, but... Nobody anticipated the heat. Yeah, it just it came on like the day before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I kept all right, like a couple days before, and I kept looking in the forecast. And I'm like, uh oh, yeah, and it just destroyed me. Yeah, I mean, there's that shot hard. of you like in the ice bucket, like with yeah. everything, or and mm-hmm. you just can't cool off. No, I mean, we're yeah. the big thing is you want to get your wrist yeah, down in the water. Yeah, get, you know? yep. that and like ice in your crotch because mm-hmm. yeah. there's arteries mm-hmm. there, and like it's to cool you down. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't enough. Yeah, like, the first two days were just, and also on day one in the film, it shows like. There was an accident, and mm-hmm. my my van was hit by an and again RV. your van, my your van, van, my your yes. personal van, van that my wife and I had drove to Baja and got married in. It was mm-hmm. the one that was with me on my transcon. It's always yeah. been with me. I don't fault either party. Mm-hmm. No one wanted it to happen, but it right. happened, mm-hmm. and it threw me in a very weird headspace. Yeah. yeah, one, it was like I'm pissed off, like you fucked my van up. Yeah, but two, it was like questioning whether this was worth it. Like, yeah, people were hurt. My yeah. brother in law still dealing with medical issues from mm-hmm. it, and that just there was guilt, there was mm-hmm. yeah. concern more than mm-hmm. anything for him, and then like is this a bad pursuit? Like, am I doing something yeah. that is just endangering everybody's mm-hmm. life? And you're staring down the barrel of two to three more days. Yeah. It's not like you're yeah. eight hours from finishing. No, no. I mean, this was like in the first 50 miles. Yeah. yeah. And so in all of that, instead of like staying really reserved, mm-hmm. I leaned into the frustration and that fear and I zapped myself mm-hmm. on the, like in the afternoon of day one. Yeah. And I built up so much lactic acid that like my stomach was cramping through the first night. I couldn't mm-hmm. take on calories or or even fluids. I didn't piss for 14 hours. So like, you're supposed to do this in a way that you like, you come out of the first hundred miles and no hundred miles is ever going to, I don't care who you are. You're going to be thrashed after a hundred. Thank you. It was like a level (laughs) of like, not so thrashed. Yeah. I was done. You you know, I had pushed through this heat. It was a really bad Mm -hmm. idea. And then day two hit and it was just like still really, really hot. Yeah. So yeah, I anticipated to be hard, but that, that heat factor and that variable that we weren't expecting of the accident made it exponentially hard, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. really, really hard, mm-hmm. like concentrated effort. Like nothing has ever compared to that. Yeah. Whenever we talk about these efforts, it always comes back to, it's never the run. 
it's never your like physical yeah. body or the action of putting the foot in front of you that is the issue. It's all the surrounding factors. It's the mind games mm-hmm. and all like, of the variables. Absolutely. Yeah. Like with Gunner's, uh, you know, getting pulled into the med tent for a couple hours. Like yeah. it's it's those little things that happen outside fine. of your control. <laughs> Clearly you were fine. It was totally, <laughs> uh, yeah, was yeah. totally okay. It was the doctor's fault. <laughs> you definitely didn't almost get discharged medically. Um, Shit. I definitely didn't uh, almost wreck your father-in-law's car. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, it was yeah. a whole scramble. Whole thing. Oh, whole thing. <laughs> Everyone was a rookie that <laughs> everybody was a rookie for about for about hours. 30 years. Yeah. Uh, but it, so it's never just like the act of the run. It's always something else yeah. that comes into it. And do you find that that happens across all these efforts and that's kind of what makes it worth it? Mm-hmm. Or is it is it something that you try and mitigate? No, you want to mitigate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. day, like all this yeah. shit's crazy hard to begin with. Absolutely. You, if you eliminate every variable and you did it in a vacuum, it's not mm-hmm. going to yeah. be easy. So you want to eliminate them. Like I'm not asking for bad shit to happen. Oh, sure. Yeah, or, if, or even like the heat or yeah. whatever that thing is, mm-hmm. but they're inevitably going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they're they're coming whether mm-hmm. you like it or like not. Like you have to accept that it's going to happen. Yeah, something's going to Something's going to fuck you up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I find that that makes the little things in your day like, oh, I got a parking ticket or, you know, oh, I stubbed my toe on whatever. Does that make those things easier? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm better at dealing with disappointment. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. better at dealing with anxiety. And my wife would be like, you're full of shit. Uh, but I think. <laughs> and you're like, you know. And you're like, you should see me with that. <laughs> yeah. Imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I've yeah, you learn a lot and you learn how to. And it's that idea of reps, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You put yeah. yourself in hard, challenging situations, whether it be this kind of stuff or other things, mm-hmm. it's going to make you a more resilient human. Yeah. You become more bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. And then beyond that, obviously you guys are both badasses. Yeah. Uh, he is the badass. You're the bigger badass. <laughs> America. A little bit taller. Uh, <laughs> but you've both said several times, it's not just about you. It's, it's yeah. all the people that oh, yeah. it takes to make these things happen. Yeah. So what, what is your advice for other runners or communities? Like, how do you find these people? Mm-hmm. Um, we first got to be open to asking. Mm-hmm. That is a huge component. Again, mm-hmm. I was fiercely independent. Wouldn't ask anybody for anything. Yeah. And through these things of putting myself in situations of trying to do big shit, you're inevitably going to have to ask for help. Mm-hmm. So to ask for it, you know? Yeah. But then the thing is like, don't be a prima donna bitch either. Like when you're out there, like, be grateful to those people. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, I personally think I've done a really good job of always staying in that space. Mm-hmm. I don't really get frustrated at my mm-hmm. crew, yeah. but I've seen people that are, and I'm like, and it's weird. Yeah. It's like, what are yeah. you doing? Yeah. These people are taking time out of their lives to like a lot essentially of wipe your ass. Mm-hmm. You think I want to be here? Yeah. I know you don't. That's why I'm very thankful. Yeah. And like maintain that. If you want them to show up again, mm-hmm. like you got to be like cool. Yeah. Like there's a lot of places you can put your frustration. Put mm-hmm. it. in putting your one foot in front of yeah, the other just do like, it that not way. in the people not around people. you yeah exactly yeah, fair, yeah. but that gratitude is like it's vital you gotta yeah. have that commitment. yeah well it's also really clear that your wise family plays yeah. a pretty large role yeah. in all mm-hmm. this what what i mean i'm just curious what has that been like for you to like yeah. meet this girl and her family like really yeah. does become a pretty big part of like your pursuits yeah. not just your life like yeah, what yeah. is that like for you it's great. It's allowed us to become very close. Like mm-hmm. me and her parents. Her parents were with me for 50-ish of the 75 days of my trans That's amazing. They created me that. And her sister. And, you know, her, her our brother-in-law. They're like, there's just all of them are just so important. And they're always there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, not to, not to even, like... It, it, she doesn't get as much attention in it, but my mom's very vital, too. Like, yeah. I come from a single mom. Mm-hmm. And what my mom provides is, like, when I see her, I'm like, 
I get tougher, like mm-hmm. because yeah. she's just like she's she's a tough woman, and it it reminds me of who I am, and mm-hmm. that's really important too. Like they provide all this like this support and this knowledge because they've been with me through it, and my mom's just there to be like, you got this, you got yeah. this, and it, that took some some work, you know. Mm-hmm. Early on, she'd be like, like you don't have to do this yourself, you know. Like, you <laughs> yeah. can't say that, shit. yeah. Like, like yeah, that's that, not what yeah. you can say. I yeah. love you. Like you're say that. Yeah. you're right, yeah. But, but however, yeah. like on the transcon, <laughs> my favorite one was like, was, she came out at some point and uh, I was having a day and like, I was like wide eyed, kind of hallucinating. Mm-hmm. And she goes, have you ever hallucinated before? And I was like, I just go, I go not from running. Drugs conversation right now. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. There's um, okay. I'm, I'm going to talk about me for a second, but it's yeah, about let's me. Yeah, do it. Uh, so I recently blew out my L5 S1. Okay. Uh, my, my discs from L3 through L5 are thrashed, Oof. uh, just pressing on the sciatic nerve, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Um, but I look at people like you and people like Gunner and it, it's inspiring. Like it, it makes me hope it makes me want to do those things, especially with my brother. Uh, yeah. there are things that I, I want to accomplish with him. Yeah. Uh, just because I love him so much and, and I can't imagine not doing that. Yeah. Um, so for people like, I say that to say this, people like me who are in positions of reaching for something and looking at people like you and seeing what's possible, what you do is actually very important, I think. And so whenever you're accomplishing these things, whenever you're setting up, uh, you know, these massive efforts, what is the mission behind you? What propels you? Um, a little bit, I mean, a lot of it's inspiration mm-hmm. for others. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when I took on the transcon, I thought it was about creating conversations about better food choices, promoting efficacy of plant based diet. That's what I was there to do. Not dairy ice cream. <laughs> yeah. not, not a move. But I, 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 what I quickly realized is that was a small component of what mm-hmm. I was able to do for others. Mm-hmm. There were people reaching out online and being like, "Hey, like I have chronic pain." Mm-hmm. I have this thing, this thing, and I haven't gotten out of bed for a couple of days. But watching you get up and do this shit every day, I'm now walking four miles a day. Mm-hmm. And you just don't know who you're going to affect positively. Yeah. And I think that is a big thing for me. And I hope I, I'm sure of it, but and I'll never know completely, but just to be catalyst for change for others. Yeah. Yeah. Or to be that thing that does motivate. Like that's mm-hmm. really big for me. Yeah. And to just like boldly step into the unknown and like I become legend, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah, like I want, I want a story for which, if we choose to have children, my kids look back and they're like, "Damn, daddy was bad, motherfucker." <laughs> yeah. yeah, heck yeah, yeah. Oh. So it's it's all those things kind of wrapped up in. I it. love yeah. that, yeah. and because running is, you know, a little more heavy on the spiritual side for you. You know, it's it's a pursuit. There's like an ethos to it. Yeah. Um, what is it like for you to? have that and also like share it with social media and yeah. like, you know, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase it polite, like politely towards brands. There's almost a game people have to play yeah. now. Yeah. Like you're doing badass shit and yeah. that should just speak for itself, yeah. but you've got to like have a following for brands to justify it. Yeah. So what, what is that whole part of this pursuit like for you? We've talked about it off offline yeah. or mm-hmm. online, but not on this. Yeah. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> and I'm um, not going to share those messages. <laughs> it's complicated. Yeah. For me, especially mm-hmm. like I struggle with like the being an influencer mm-hmm. and it's not like what it means, what it projects. It's just doing it. Act yeah. Doing it mm-hmm. like it's hard for me. And I, the way I'm finding to make it, and this is an active process for mm-hmm. me is becoming more 
real and yeah. really transparent about mm -hmm. who I am. And what I've realized is uh, through the years, I've projected myself online as who, at times, as who I thought people wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, that is taxing. Yeah. And it makes you, it's hard. Thing, everything in life is harder if you're not authentic. And it just, it can, it happens. It just naturally mm -hmm. occurs. And to me right now, the big focus is aligning with other people and other brands that really resonate with me deeply mm -hmm. and allow me to be my authentic self. Yeah. I mean, not everything. I want to be an overshare. Like, I don't want to show like my toxic traits because we all have them. Yeah. But I also don't want to paint a picture that's not real. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. right. And like, also, I think it's important to be myself, but also like not place judgment on others through that. Like a lot of it's like even this, like having a beer and like mm -hmm. being on this and there's a beer. I drink yeah. beer. Can I have another one? Yeah. By the way? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. And like, but like, I think for a long time, I was like, you know, Hold I think this. a lot of people that follow me are there because they choose to be sober. And I was yeah. like, well, maybe I shouldn't show this part of myself, mm -hmm. but it's like, there's no judgment. Like I'm proud of them for that. Yeah. For this sure. is who I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'd hate for you to meet me in person and think that I was that right. person and yeah. then and like, see me crack a yeah. beer. That's yeah. like seeing your mom drink a glass of wine when you're eight years old and she said that you shouldn't drink yeah. your whole life. And then you cry on a beach. <laughs> That's not a real story at all. <laughs> not a real story. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Yeah. But that is just like yeah. learning to be authentic, trying to be authentic. Yeah. And like for me, there's like now with social media, there's like all these tricks and these ways and like, yeah, there's like, you remember like where, and I think it's kind of laid off a little bit. There was this moment where Instagram was like, if you don't do reels, nobody's going to see your shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I don't want to make reels. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to pull my phone out when I'm doing something right. that's like, I just want to do the thing. I want to do a thing and I'll take a picture and then talk about yeah, it sure. and I'll talk about it long form in writing. Cause that's mm -hmm. what I like to do. Yeah. yeah. And I chased that for a minute. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is like, if that's what I got to do, then fuck it. Yeah. Like, I, and, and, you know, I was listening recently to Rich Roll and Casey Neistat, mm -hmm. their, their podcast. And Casey was talking about like being authentic and like the slow game of if you do your thing and do it, eventually it will resonate with others. Mm -hmm. And I'm really going back on that now. It's just like, yeah. do it my way. Mm -hmm. And if it, if my followers increase, so be it. If not, yeah, I'm, I'm at a good enough place. Yeah. I, I, like I bring value to brands mm -hmm. and really like quit doing the cheap bullshit of like giving everybody advice about how they should run when you're just like everybody else and just figuring it out for yourself. Mm -hmm. And instead, like I'm going to just go do big shit. And when yeah. I do that, people yeah. are going to hear about it mm -hmm. and I, my following will increase. Yeah. But that's, that's just a mechanism to allowing me to have sponsors to keep doing. Yeah. It's shit. not yeah. for that. Like I want to grow it. It's just, it's complicated. Yeah. You know? but, right. It's yeah. a result. Part of, part of it's, you know, it's a result of living. You yeah. have these yeah. things you want to do. Yeah. And this is what makes me allow. allow yeah. This is it. your living. Yeah. This is your yeah. job. Totally. Uh, and I want to share it with others because I mm -hmm. want to inspire and stuff, mm -hmm. but I do want to do it on my terms. And yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't want some paradigm on top of you yeah. saying how you have to share mm -hmm. your life. Because mm -hmm. what's worse than that? And it, yeah. it's like, if you're going to do it right, it's art. Yeah. And so you need to follow your like way. Like yeah. for me, like I like to write, I'm trying to become a better writer. Mm-hmm. And if all of a sudden, like this, this medium that, that I use tells me it's not about writing; it's about making videos. You're like, fuck. But it. I'll, I I'm mean, just but gonna go write a book then. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I'll just switch if that's yeah, what it really it, comes down. But then, I mean, at the same time, it's like, dude, there's a billion people. Yeah, mm -hmm. 
I don't think all billion love videos. No. I'm sure there's at least a I mean, there's, thousand. There's actually eight billion now. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. Just as the I'm, other day. I'm sure. Because we have tallies that are actually <laughs> precise. I know. There are yeah. billion people now. And they're, they're not all million. robots. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's a thousand that love reading, yeah. love words, and actually would love to see like a vintage ironfar.com mm. slash Ballinger, like vintage Anton Kropitschka style blog post. Yeah. Totally. You can have that idea for free. Uh, <laughs> As lovers of reading and writing, yeah. you will always have. You will always have two awesome. at the very least. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, and it's that too. I think to what you're saying is like realizing that like you're not going to be, no one is going to be for everybody. No. Yeah. So just Nor be you. yourself in the world. There are 8 billion of us. Mm-hmm. You'll find your tribe. Yeah. They'll yeah. find you. Mm-hmm. So just be honest. And also like probably like, I'm still probably going to make a real tour. Yeah. Too. yeah. But it's for not, sure. I just don't want to be like bound yeah. to doing what mm-hmm. is like kind of like now the way to do it. Yeah. It's like, Maybe yeah. tomorrow I want to make one, but I might not make another one for fucking eight months. Yeah, you know? and it shouldn't matter. Yeah, especially from a like. Again, I get it because there's a you know for brands there's sales that have to be made, and I get mm-hmm. like oh well there's this person that's making two reels a day and there's this many followers, so if they're tagging us, that's this many people seeing yeah. us. But yeah. it's like you know you running two hundred eighty miles across whatever desert, whatever's next, you're still gonna. It's still 280 miles. Yeah. Whether there's a yeah. real or not, yeah. whether there's a brand or There's not, still the thing. <laughs> like the thing yeah. is still the thing, whether a brand says it is or not. Yeah. Um, so that just cracks me up. Um, and yeah, I mean, speaking of like, you know, you're still going to do it. What's in the future for Robbie Ballinger? Can you, is it of yeah. what you can Are we allowed to get yeah. 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 what you can share? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm figuring out next year right now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm finding the right partners for yeah. moving forward. You're a free agent. Basically. Yeah. Kind of in a lot of ways, not all like Newcom's still big supporter of mm-hmm. me. And I love those guys. Um, and tier, I'm with them with optics, sunglasses, I love yeah, their yeah. sunglasses, but figuring out some other aspects. Um, if all comes together, I'm really interested in February. There's uh, a trail in Japan. It's okay. a 750 mile loop trail um, <laughs> on the island of Shikuku. I'm probably not pronouncing it correctly. 88 temples within the 750 miles. I would really like to go do that trail and okay. do it pretty quickly. Um, I think it kind of creates fostering an opportunity for spiritual growth. There's Absolutely. 88 yeah. temples. I was gonna, like, would yeah. you stop at each temple? Yeah, I would most t- likely stop and pay homage. It would say too long, but like, yeah, you know, I need to keep on my way. But yes, for sure. Um, that's kind of like the A goal right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll cool. see. Like it, this might be dated pretty quickly because as I find partners, it might be that it's not the right time to do that. Sure. I will eventually get there. But, you know, that or another long form run mm-hmm. in that kind of February time. Yeah. And then um, my dear friend, William Googe, British guy, he um, is going to take on a transcon this year. So okay. him and I and Heller are good friends. Uh, Hella City Bay ran across the U.S. like two years ago. Mm-hmm. A great friend of mine. And then William's inspired to do one. So I'm going to be there to crew and pace him. Nice. We're trying to create like uh, some media strategy around it. So yeah. Can, With Audacious? or Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Audacious okay. is involved. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to raise a lot of money for cancer research and stuff. Yeah. His, his mother, unfortunately, passed with cancer. Mm-hmm. And he's always done all of his efforts to raise money for. And he's like my brother. Mm-hmm. And so we really want to send it on this one and really yeah. create a lot around mm-hmm. it so that we That's can awesome. we can create a lot of change that's awesome yeah, my, my wife ran across the country she did a transcon with 4k for cancer oh yeah which is a cancer research yeah nonprofit um right out of college so oh, like, awesome really super cool oh yeah hell yeah she's way more badass than i had no idea oh yeah yeah his wife's cool as hell <laughs> yeah she's really <laughs> yeah, really fucking cool i tried to do the podcast with her she was just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she's iron man ran across the country yeah. pt doctor like all the things yeah Excellent. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, yeah he's batting way outside of me. <laughs> Dude, like out punted. <laughs> we, we all know. We it's all know. insane. Yeah. 
yeah, she's great. Wow, badass. Do you want to ask the last question? Uh, I mean, I just don't want to interview. I know, I know, I know. Ask this question. Okay, man, we asked this to all of our all of our guests, and again, thank you for your time. Yeah, you know, TRE, you have people that you've been seeing, so we appreciate you taking time to see us. Thanks for the Lone Star. Oh, of course, anytime. You can always have a Lone Star with us, whether the camera's on. (laughs) Anytime you see me out, just let me know. Lone Star's on me. (laughs) All right, we should just go to Whitehorse later. Honestly, right? Uh, (laughs) What does it mean to you to be a Texan? It's that state of mind. It's that grit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that, it's that lore. It's that romance that Willie Nelson and Towns Van Zandt gave us. Mm-hmm. It's a state of mind. And it's like, it's so big. It's so beautiful. Like, I don't know if I'm really saying what it means, but it's just, it's that. It's that. Yeah. It's just like, it's the state of mind. Mm-hmm. And I can take that state of mind back to Colorado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love my mountains up there, but at the end of the day, I'm a Texan. I'm, yeah. I'm an Austinite. I wasn't born here, but I spent 10 years here. Mm-hmm. And if they moved some mountains over here, I'd come Not right back. Right. Okay. Hey, the Davis Mountains are always there. They're amazing. They're you know? amazing. Yeah. Gorgeous. Big Bend down there. Chisos Mountains, yeah. those are always there. Love it. Big 3,000ers. Yeah. Um, heck yeah, well, dude, thank you again for your time today. Yes, we appreciate guys. everything awesome. you're doing. You've got, like we said, you've got two fans right here. Wow. So Likewise. I love all you guys are doing. Hey, 100%. Cool. We appreciate it. I listened to it first down in Columbia a couple months ago. No way. Fucking hilarious. Thanks. So much, man. Man. Oh, yeah. Dude, our meddling little podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I really, we're doing our best. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate all y'all. Bye, Bye y'all. y'all.